February 23rd, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Nundale Damud Aleph. And uh, in the wide lines, if you count down 18 lines, three words before the end of the line, the Gemara begins for our purposes with the word Verabbanan. And the Gemara needs to finish up the many derashot, loose ends that we have between this mah- in this Mahloket Biudan Chachamim. Biudan Chachamim, who of course we've been discussing, debating, deliberating, dealing with their opinions over the course of the last several days, Biudan Chachamim, who disagree in the Mishnah, in the circumstance where a person, Lo Aleinu, has wrongful, accidental relations with his mother, who his father is married to as well. In such a circumstance, how many korbanot are brought? That's the Mahloket Chachamim Biudah. We've had many derashot. Says the Gemara, Verabbanan azhara le'eshet aviv minalehu. If you recall, the Pasuk said, Irvat avicha, and the t- interpretation was debated. It was disputed between Biudah and Chachamim. According to Biudah, that was a reference to Esheta, a circumstance of your father's wife, if you had wrongful relations. According to the Chachamim, who disagreed with Rabbi Uda, it's actually Mishkav Zachur. It's a circumstance where a person has wrongful relations with his father. Now, in that circumstance, that situation, the Torah is talking about the punishment. Says the Gemara, Rabbanan Azhara le'eshet aviv minalehu. How do the Chachamim then have a Azhara, a warning for eshet aviv? If that, those words in the Pasuk, if Irvat Avicha are referring not to Eshet Aviv, not to the wife of your father, but rather to your father himself, so where do they derive an Azhara? Answers the Gemara, Nafkalehu, Me'irvat Eshet Avicha Lotigale. Well, the very next Pasuk, I think A.B. pointed this out yesterday, someone pointed this out yesterday, the very next Pasuk, Irvat Eshet Avicha Lotigale, it says it explicitly. Which again begs the question for Rabbi Uda, why is there a redundancy again? Two Pesukim uh, in Vayikra, Perek Yod Chet, Pasuk Zayin, going into Pasuk Chet, for Bihuda, the first Pasuk says, Avicha, he says that's referring to Eshet Aviv, circumstance of your father's wife. The very next Pasuk, the first words are, Eshet Avicha. That's your father's wife, explicit. So the Chachamim say, we have no issue. It's Rabbi Yehuda, you already derived that law, that Azhara, that warning from Pasuk Zayn. Rabbi Yehuda, ha'humi ba'ele le'azhara le'eshet aviv le'aharnita. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, who already derives, who already understands that there's an isur of eshet aviv from Irvat avicha. He understands that next Pasuk, where the Pasuk says explicitly, Irvat eshet avicha, as an azhara for the wife of your father, after death, which means, lo if your father passes away, in such a circumstance, the wife, who once was his wife, is still prohibited. Still prohibited with full azhara, that's irvat eshet avicha. What about the hachamim? This is when the Gemara plays these uh, ping-pong matches. We throw the pesukim back at one another, and we ask, so what do you do with that? How do you derive that? So now we have an understanding of that pasuk for bihuda, but now hachamim. Where do they derive such a law? Maybe they disagree with it. Our assumption is they agree with it. Our Mishnah told us, Ben Bahayim, Ben Aharmita, which means say, even after death, if this woman was married to your father, in such a circumstance, the Isur uh, is maintained. It, it still exists. Hachamim v'Rabbanan hahu misefa dekranafka. They learn this, they derive this from the sefa, sefa milashon sof, the end of kra, of course, pasuk, nafka yotze. They derive this from the end of the pasuk. What does the end of the pasuk say? Irvata vichahi. It uh, unnecessarily, quote unquote, repeats, this is, quote unquote, the nakedness of your father. Why is that being repeated? That's re- being repeated, says the Gemara, according to the Hachamim, to tell you even after the death of your father, this isur is still exists in Bir Bihuda. Bihuda, how do you interpret those last 
last pasuk, those last words in the pasuk, Irvata avicha. He, why was that necessary for the Torah to repeat those words? The Gemara suggests that according to the Behuda, those extra words would be coming to teach you that in this situation, recall again, circumstance of Eshet Ha'av, your father's wife. Now, according to the Behuda, by repeating those words, your isur, your violation, is specifically that she's the wife of your father and not the fact that she's what's called an eshet ish, a married woman. Seriously. We never brought that up because, I'm sorry to say it, it sounds ridiculous. It's what the Gemara is going to ask. Seriously? You tell me eshet ish, if she's married to him, how could you remove that? That's the most, I hate to call it this, the most basic isur. That was when you talk about it's a familial connection after death, already a stretch, still connected in some way. You say that it's a family connection and they're not married, as I told, as I mentioned a few classes ago. The the Mifashim, Ramban Nahmani, Harambam, they all question, so why is that? So what's the taboo? Over here, quote unquote, Eshet Ish is belonging to someone. I don't want to make her possession, but I do want to say there's already a connection over there. That's a violation. That's easy to understand. You don't need a philosopher to say, this woman is married to that man and now she has relations with another. That's clearly forbidden. You're going to tell me, Rabbi Yehuda, that in the circumstance where she's eshet ha'av, there's only eshet ha'av. It's one thing if you tell me that trumps the mother, but it doesn't. The mother trumps that. Get it. All right, we can, we can debate. It trumps, it overrides, we annulled the isur of eshet ish. Hard to believe. Eshet Ish is the most basic foundational. This is a relationship to the exclusion of all else. I've said it more than once. I never say it out loud at the Chopah, but I tell it to the couple beforehand. Hareat Mikudeshet, Mikudeshet, we always have translated as, Behold, you are sanctified. I don't like unto, I say to me, unto. Once a hatan was saying and started laughing in front of everyone. I said, Behold, you are sanctified. That's what everyone that's what, that's what, Ham Yaakov used to do sanctified unto, and he said unto, and he's made it with like a funny thing, and the whole crowd started laughing, so I'm done with saying unto, I say to. But sanctified, even sanctified is a difficult word. Yes, kiddushin sounds like sanctification. Uh, the Gemara, Masechet Kiddushin, right, on the first page, on the Bet Bet says that it's the asar la'akule alma kehekdesh. We're likening it to hekdesh, which of course is when I sanctify an item or an animal, and I say this is for the mikdash, this is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, de'asar, it's something which is separated. We say it all the time, kiddushah. Kedoshim tiyu means you should be separated. Perushim tiyu min ha'arayot, says Rashi at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim. Which means to say when a husband to be, says to his wife to be, harayat mekudeshetli, not saying per se sanctified to me. Hard to understand what that means. Sanctity at its core means you're separated. This is something unique. This is creating a bond which is between you and me to the exclusion of all else. So I bring it back to you, Abi, after my philosophy lesson over here. I say, that's the most basic Kiddushah we're dealing with. That's the basic issue we're dealing with. Can you really make a claim More, we have empirical evidence that it's not so. That's the Gemara, it can't be. Our Mishnah tells us the following. This is the Mishnah Daf Nun Gimal Amudalif. Just a few days ago, we learned this Mishnah. Mishnah says if you have relations with your father's wife, 
That's explicit in our Mishnah. And nobody disagrees. There's no Biudah Omer on this. Eshet Ish is the most basic violation which you'll never, it appears, rid yourself of if she's married. What's that? Absolutely. Two. And according to the rabbis, three. Well, this is the statement in our yes, yes. I mean, if it's if it's if it's imo as well, then it would be three. Absolutely. Otherwise, it'd be two. Otherwise, it's two. But Biuda can't and doesn't disagree with it. You shouldn't be so surprised about so many violations. The other day, I could only quickly think about the fact that the, I didn't look it up afterwards. But that Gemara Masechet Makot about the plowing on Shabbat. It was plowing kilaim, I think, while wearing shatnez. Remember what's that? Shemitah. Oh, I didn't say it. On Shemitah, you had at least four. I mean, I forgot how many there are over there. So we have Korban Hatat that are bountiful. Anyway, says, says the Gemara, the Mishnah says explicitly, Habal Eshetav, Hayav Aleah, Mishum Eshetav, Umishum Eshetish, Ben Hayaviv, Ben Hamitat Aviv, Vela Paligr Biudan. Biudan never disagreed in our Mishnah. And at this last line, which is the most enigmatic, the most unexpected, Amar Abaye Palig Babaraita. Says Abaya, it's true. In our Mishnah, he was silent. In the Mishnah, they never recorded his opinion. But in truth, the way we just presented it, that Abiyudah would tell you that a relations with Eshet Ha'av does not have a korban for Eshet Ish, that's his opinion in the Beraita. Fascinating reality. The Gemara never quotes the Beraita. Uh, the Beraita, of course, are these, uh, at the same time period as the Mishnah, it's just left out. Matter of fact, I've mentioned this more than once. According to the Biosef Karov, of course, the author of Shohan Aruch, he has his Kilalim for Talmud. He suggests that the word is not, as I always say, Beraita. He says it's a Baryata. Baryata milashon Bar. In Aramaic, Go means in, like meet Go, and Bar means outside. Baryata are the left outside documents. It's the, uh, it's the uncanonized stuff, but it's, it's written at the same time period. Usually when the Gemara has a Beraita, or a Baryata, it's it. No, no, it's in a Baryata. It's in a Baryata. And it's not in a Mishnah? Nobody ever put it into the Mishnah? There is, I forgot where, in Masechid Nedarim, there's one statement in the Gemara, I forgot exactly where, I forgot the context, where the Gemara has a Mishnah, and then the Gemara says, so it has a question, and then it has clearly a supplemental Baryata. In other words, it's supposed to be read in tandem with the Mishnah. There's no doubting that. That the Gemara is suggesting that this Mishnah is supposed to be read with the Beraita, which raises the question, so then why wasn't it in the Mishnah? But that's, I remember Rabbi Akiva Eger has a tziyun, Rabbi Akiva Eger has, has, a, has a note on it, and he brings you to Ran, I think, Rabbeinu Nisim elsewhere, who says there are several places in Talmud where the Mishnah is assuming that you're reading it in tandem, tandem with the Beraitot, with the Tosefta, that's what's got to be argued over here. You know, what, what, what's taking place over here is you have a major opinion of Biuda, who I just spent a lot of time saying, how could he hold that way? He never says it explicitly in our Mishnah. Says Gemara, but you should know it's in the Biraita. So it is. Anyway, it says the Gemara. Again, for me, it's just in terms of because it's hard to really parse and piece together uh, what the vision of why these are Mishnayot and why those are Biraita. Sometimes you can figure that type of thing out. In this type of situation, very difficult. If this is a core shita, opinion of Biuda, if we have a Biuda disputing in our Mishnah, it's not as if all his opinions are outside, so then why isn't it in our Mishnah? And if they have knowledge of this being in the Beraita, so then how and why was it that chosen not to be in the Mishnah? I don't know. Anyway, says the Gemara, Verabbanan, Onesh, De'eshet aviv le'ahar mita minalehu. So we just established according to the Bihuda, 
Rabbi Yehuda told us those words in the second pasuk. If you recall, the second pasuk had those words. Ervat eshet avicha. He says, you want to know what those words mean? You want to know what the interpretation? Those words are, even after the death of your father, his former wife is forbidden to you. That's, uh, well, uh, excuse me, that was the azhara. Where's the onesh? to have a separate statement in the context of what the punishment is? Says the Gemara, bishlamar bihuda maitela bigzera shava. Rabbi Yehuda, we understand already, has a gezera shava. If you recall, Rabbi Yehuda, from Perik Yotchet, chapter 18 in Vayikra, to Perikav, chapter 20 in Vayikra, he has a gezera shava. He links the onesh to the azhara. Where is it? What is it that, Rabbi, that the hachamil point to in order to suggest or to tell us that that is the onesh in the Torah? They would tell you, says the Gemara, Hahu, Ervat Aviv Gilad, Mapiklar Bihuda, Ligzera Shava, Mapkele Inhu, Le Onesh, De Eshet Aviv, Le Aharmita. They say that very same Pasuk, Ervat Aviv Gilad. That pasuk, which for Rabbi Huda was used in the circ- in the context of Gezerah Shava, they use and, and for Azhara they use for Onesh. Okay, says the Gemara onward. Verabanan Onesh. Furthermore, Rabbi Huda derived the following from Gezerah Shava: Onesh Aviv. In a circumstance where it's your mother who's not your father's wife, in other words, it's Anusat Aviv, she was raped by your father, in such a circumstance, how do you know that there's still violation having relations? Minalehu, again, Rabbi Uda derived it as well from Gezer HaShavah, Amar Rav Shisha, Bered Rav Idi, Amar Kera, Immecha Hi Asa'a, Katuv Li'imo, Sheino Eshet Aviv, Ki Imo, Shi Eshet Aviv, it's that extra words in the Pasuk, Immecha Hi, she's your mother, to tell you if she's your mother, irrespective of her status with regards vis-a-vis your father, she's considered your mother, which comes with the violation of her being your mother. Last technicality here in the Gemara says the Gemara haba al kalatov. You recall the end of the Mishnah described the circumstance where accidental relations with kalato with daughter-in-law says the Gemara eshet beno. The Mishnah told us that you have a violation of her being your kala, your daughter-in-law, but maybe she should have a violation as well being your son's wife. Last time I checked, same thing. Unless the daughter-in-law, if not your son's wife. But the interesting thing is, the pasuk says the following: Ervat kalatecha lo tegale, eshet binechahi lo tegale ervata. It's redundant way. The pasuk says, "Don't be involved sexually with your daughter-in-law. She is <coughs> your son's wife." So the suggestion of the Gemara is that's two violations. Daughter-in-law and son's, li- son's wife. Sounds like semantics. What's that? Eshetish goes, goes without saying. Of course, we said in the Mishnah. But here I want to give you, I want to give you two instead of one. So it's a technicality, technicality that's worth thousands of dollars. You have an extra korban for this. That's the question of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, says the answer over here of... Who is it? Abaye says, listen, that's the way the Torah speaks. If, if, if the Torah has the following statement, again, don't be involved sexually with your daughter-in-law. The next word is he. She is, the definition is, she is your daughter-in-law. She is the, the woman married to your, to your son. That's telling you it's the exact same violation. Don't turn this into two violations, Torah being explicit, and descriptive, it's not the Torah being prescriptive, telling you what sort of korban you, or korbanot you'd need to bring. What's that? We have Eshetish. What I'm telling you is that that Hidush in the last statement of Rabbi Uday is, is, is earth-shattering. To take away Eshetish, yeah, but you're saying, why don't we do that over here? Say it's a mi'ut. 
Again, I'm still shocked the fact that he did that already. It doesn't surprise me that they don't do it this time. Rabbi, Rabbi, did I ever learn that Asur to have relations with your father at all? There was that Pasuk. He had a, again, the the Pasuk is Ervat. He has Mishkeve Zachur. We didn't have a separate pasuk. We had it. We had it in the context of onish. There was an explicit pasuk by onish that if there's relations, and I think he had gezera shavat to azhara. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, as, as clear as I might appear to be on all these onish and azhara, I, I, you know. So, I mean, you know, there there was a separate pasuk. Uh, there's certainly mishkav zachar. I will. He wants to know what was the derasha azhara for biuda. From Mishkeve Aviv. He's one step ahead of the Chachamim home with Pesukim. So where does he learn that it's Asur? All right, to be continued. We'll, we'll, we'll do Hazara. We'll have Katan do the Hazara and we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway, the next Mishnah, over here says the next Mishnah, and the next Mishnah is, is only going to reiterate some of the things that we saw in the last Mishnah, but it's going to elaborate. It's going to bring them a little bit further in our understanding of their details. Haba al Zachur, or Zachor. Circumstances, a person who has. Uh, male-to-male relations, or male-to-animal, bestiality. The first one was a male who's penetrating an animal. Over here it's the uh, woman who brings the animal onto her for relations. All of these three circumstances, these three situations are biskila. Now that's, that was clear that we saw in the Mishnah in the past. Again, we don't know how or why, in other words, in terms of the methodology or the mechanics that got us to this, but we knew that halakha. The Mishnah is going to elaborate a little bit, though. Imadam hata behema mehatea, says the Mishnah. Wait a second. If the animal, excuse me, if the human being, by having relations with the animal, I don't, I don't know if we could call it relations, by having sex, the act of sex with the animal, I understand. Punishment. The, the animal? The animal doesn't have its own volition to decide to do this. And if it does, you're going to call it bar onashim, you're going to call it a hayat, you're going to call it an avon, which merits or brings it to sekila. Hard to understand, says the, Gemara, says the Mishnah. Ela, rather, says the Mishnah, I'll give you two reasons why the animal is stoned. Lefi sheba'a le'adam takala al yada, lefichach amar hakatuv tisakel. Since this animal stands as... A takala, says Rashi, what's a takala? Michshol avon. Michshol means to fail, means to stumble. Avon, of course, means iniquity, sin. This animal was the stumbling block for the human being, therefore it's killed. Shocking and jarring statement. It means that the animal is seen as or was a utensil of sin and in turn destruction. Not that it deserves it per se, but it is that standing testimony to that potential uh, return. To, that's, that's something wrongful to exist, and we kill it. Second reason, says the Mishnah, Davarahem is a separate reason. It's so that this animal doesn't continuously, let's say it was a, I don't know, a, a sheep or a, a cow, which will then be passing by in the marketplace. People will point to it and say, that's the one 
who that guy, because of it, was put to death. That's what we call kalon. So it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It's a person was put to death. The Torah telling you he was wrongful. The Torah saying we, we publicly put him to death. Nonetheless, the Torah has a certain respect for that individual to say after his death, we don't want people recalling his wrongdoing through this animal. So it's either because it's a takala, was a takala, or it's because of maskeret kalon. It has this ability to conjure up in the minds of people and embarrassing, shameful act of this individual. Now, each of those reasons in and of themselves are interesting. I will remind you, there's an isur, the Gemara, Masechet Bava Metziah says, there's an isur called Sa'ar Ba'alei Hayim. Sa'ar Ba'alei Hayim means pain to animals. The Gemara says that's an isur from the Torah. You're not allowed to pain animals from the Torah. Parameter is not so simple, but it's an isur from the Torah. Why and how is it an isur from the Torah? Search far and wide, you'll find no explicit mention in the Torah that you're not allowed to pain animals. I'm, I'm not advocating for it. The Gemara says it's Asur. What's that? You have Evim in a high, suggests Gabe, that maybe that's the Makor, maybe it's because of the pain to the animal. Interesting. The, the several different, I don't remember, it's very possible that someone suggests that. The three that I remember, that the suggestions, Rashi on the Gemara and Bava Metziah suggest that it's from Te'ina Pirika and Parashat Mishpatim. We read, if you see your friend's animal on the floor and it's overburdened, Hakim you have to go and help out the circumstance. Why? It's to help out the animal, says, says Rashi in his interpretation to the Gemara. That's what the Torah is implicitly teaching. Harambam in Moreh Nebuchim says, not that this is the source per se, but there's a remis for this, that when Bil'am is making his way to curse B'nai Israel, he strikes his animal three times and he's criticized for that. And that's the critique. And so to speak, we go out of our way to stop in the text to say that the animal turns to Bil'am and says, why do you strike me so many times? It's as if, or it's clear, striking the animal for no good reason is wrongful, and the Torah is hinting it through that passage. This is an Isur from the Torah. Really what Harambam is articulating is what many others suggested in the following way. That's what we call Rason Habore, which means that not everything, which is Asur or Hayav, I mean, Torah is explicit in the Torah. There are certain matters, uh, hard to determine, it leaves a little subjectivity up in the air. There are matters that have the full force of Deoraita, even if they're not explicit. When the Hachamim say it's Min Torah, they're saying, this is just so simple and so self-understood. What's that? Right. Okay, I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting. Uh, 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 Mishnah, you're talking about. Yeah, the, the words. Yes. Yeah. So. You get around the other two. How do you get around the Well, I didn't get around that. How do I get around the other two? What do you mean? By saying that Hakem Hakim. Yeah. Hakim Yimok. We're specifically referring to the animal's anguish in the case of striking the donkey. I don't know how you. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I got, I got where you're going. So I, I think I know where you're going because what, the reason I'm mentioning all this is, 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 is with regards to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is telling us, kill the animal because of either the kalon of the person or the takala, uh, which it was or is to the person or to people. Uh, what about uh, Explicitly the Mishnah says, quote unquote, it's not the animal's fault. So you're being Messiah ba'alei hayim. This is brought in, in Siman Hev, Ibn Aizir, Ramah quotes from Tirumat Adeshin that the halakha is if it's for Sorech Adam, I'll, I'll be able to address your point, uh, uh, Gabe. If a Sorech Adam, if it's for a purpose, the purpose of a, of, of a human need, 
In such a circumstance, we dispense of the isur of tsa'ar ba'alei which means to say if it's going to bring forth a medicinal uh, a solution, if in any way, shape, or form, this is what the person needs or wants in his life, then it's permitted. Sa'ad ba'alei is when it was unnecessary, you're just striking the animal for no reason. It's down on the side of the road and you can help it out. As a result, our Mishnah is almost formulating the circumstances wherein, or a circumstance where we say this is Sorech HaAdam, which is fascinating. It's Sorech HaAdam is even if it's a shame after death. Um, you know, what about a Safik Sorech HaAdam? What about a circumstance where you're uncertain through testing this animal, you might come to a discovery? What's that? So it's a says Jude, it's a safik that there's going to be a kalon. Uh, interesting. I mean, la halacha, many if not all the poskim today agree with you. I don't know that they bring proof from here. That's you know, it, 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 generally speaking, this is a debate. There are several proofs for it. Lekanu lekan. This is on the side brought in. Now, in terms of Gabe, if we are to bring Evim um, and as a source for it, if that is the rationale or a rationale, I'm not so bothered either because in other words, Evim and you could have killed it in another fashion. The fact that you're taking it in a high, that's an unnecessary. Over here in our Mishnah, there's no other way around this. I mean, I guess you can incarcerate the animal or something like that, but they're not envisioning that as a viable option. In this context, I do know, I do recall, that talks about hunting, and talks about hunting from the vantage point first of Ta'ad Ba'alei Hayim. Would it be an issue of Ta'ad Ba'alei Hayim? Well, you tell me that I'm hunting and I'm going to use the hides or the skin and sell it, or the, turn it into clothing or something of that sort. But generally speaking, it's a sport. He's, he questions whether that would be permitted. He, on halachic grounds, has little, not nothing, has little to go on in the traditional sense, but it's Pesach Halacha, and it's a very memorable Pesach Halacha, Chacham Badia Yosef quotes in Yahavedat in the context of uh, bullfighting. He says, but this is not Bene Abraham Yitzchak, this is not Derech Bene Abraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, because the Gemara Masechet Yivamot says that if you want to know what's characteristic of Am Yisrael, we're Aluvim, we're Bayshanim, we're Gomle Hasadim, we're people who have a certain compassion, a certain sensitivity to life and to other human beings and beings. And as a result, if hunting is the vocation, is the sport that a person's involved in, not really the ways of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the ways of our nation. It just touches again on one of those intangible, those gray zones where he said, but black and white, it's permitted. It says, no, it's mamash asur. No, come on. It's like, you know, what they told us in high school. I still say to my kids sometimes, are we allowed to do this on Shabbat? I say, uh, no. Oh, why do you hesitate, Abba? Because I can't point to, and my son would force me to, the Isur, but I can tell you that's not really in the spirit of Shabbat. So, uh, what spirit of Shabbat? Shabbat is something in between that. If you're tafus in Shabbat, so then you understand it, and I say it with the full severity of Shabbat, but there's nothing explicit. But if you know Shabbat, or if you understand and or of Shabbat, it's not something that I'm going to preach, but I'm going to tell you that's my understanding of it. That's really what he's effectively suggesting in the context of bullfighting. Well, okay, that's in our Mishnah. Sa'ad Bale Haim. Says the What's the sourcing? We do know that it's asur from the Torah, uh, relations between a male and male. What's the sourcing in the Torah that it comes with the punishment of sekilah, like all these other isure arayot that we've been learning about, the Tanura Banan, as the Beraita taught. Ish, the pasuk, well, I'll read you the whole pasuk first. The pasuk really starts with ve'ish. Ve'ish, ashe ishkav et zachar, person who has male relations, homosexual relations, mishkeve isha, in the, in, the, in the way of a woman, 
to'eva asu shenehem. So it's a male to a male who have relations, extra words, mishkeve isha. What does that mean, mishkeve isha? What does it have to do with a female? If anything, this is the pasuk we're talking about, male to male. We'll discuss it in this beraita. To'eva asu, to'eva, abomination, hard, hard word to translate exactly, precisely. They both have performed this wrongful to'eva. Mot yumatu, they should surely be put to death, demehem bam. That's the pasuk. Now again, the pasuk never explicitly says sekila, which of course will provoke the hachamim to ask, well, I see death penalty. How do you know the most severe sekila? Let's start with the beginning of the pasuk. Ish, the pasuk says a male. But it doesn't just say a male. It doesn't say zachar. It says ish. Ish is a vision of a grown male above the age of 13 years. It says the beraita perat lekatan. That's coming to exclude a child, which means to say a child is not bar onashin. As a result, the shochev. Now, keep in mind, in a sexual activity specifically of this sort, male to male, you're going to be talking about the one who's active, let's call it, and the one who's passive, right? I think we can all understand that. So here we're talking about the shechiva initially, isha sheyishkav, the shochev, the one who's active in the act, and the one who's participating directly, that can't be, or there's no, there's no uh, um, punishment if it's a katan. Asheyishkav et zachar, who has relations with zachar, that's what we call nishkav, that's the passive end of this. There's no female, it's the passive end. Male, ben gadol ben katan. That's an interesting thing, right? The flip side, it says ish. It doesn't say ashe yishkav et ish. The, the next was ashe yishkav et zachar. Do you understand the difference? Zachar means male, ish means grown male. So it means if it's a relations for argument's sake of a grown male to a child, there's still a violation. Right, because in such a circumstance, just says the relations are to zachar. It doesn't say to ish. Okay, the next words, mishkeve isha. What are we doing with those words? This is not a female. Why mishkeve isha? Magid lecha hakatuv sheshne mishkavot beisha. Fascinatingly, says says the beraita, we learn a law over here about relations with women. How so? We understand from this context, which clearly is not the regular. Uh, we'll call it mishkav. It's not the regular act of sex. It's what we call biashelokedavka. So it's biashelokederka it's, it's in a circumstance of let's lo aleno a male has relations with a female, but it doesn't do it in the regular way as it does it biashelokederka. Is there a violation? It's one of the arayot, and he doesn't do a regular penetration bia. He does biashelokederka. We learn from this pasuk that it's asur. And that comes with the same violation, because the Pasuk says if it's a male to a male, that's considered like Mishkeve Isha. Mishkeve Isha, there's more than one way. There's Biyashe Kedarka, Biyashe Lo Kedarka. Mar Bishmael, Hareze Balelamed, Venim Salamed. This is one of these classic situations. It's coming, you'd think, to teach you something about Mishkeve Zachur, and it's teaching you something about altogether different. What's that? Mishkeve Isha, that even Biyashe Lo Kedarka is an Isur with the same violation. Mot Yumatu, the Pasuk then says, they shall surely be put to death, explains the Beraita Biskila. That's with uh, stoning death. Who told you? Well, it just says Motiumato. At how mer Biskila, or no Ela be ahat mikomitota amurot batora. How do you know it's Skila? Maybe it means Serefa, Hedeg, Henek. How do you know Motiumato is a reference to Sekila? If anything, Motiumat, we told you, without explaining, without looking it up, is always Henek. Says the Gemara, we have a classic Gezerashava, which we've referred to and will refer to many times. Ne'emar kan de mehembam, the last 
superfluous words in the Pasuk. It says, And their blood is upon them. Those words are punch words. Those words are coding. What's the coding? It says both here and by those sorcery situations. Their blood is upon them. Same way over there, it's explicit by that it's biskila. So to over here. Lastly, so this is a Pasuk which tells me about the punishment as first and foremost you can't give a punishment in the Torah unless you have a separate segment where it tells you that there's a warning all you just read to me is the context of punishment do you have a context of Azhara, which of course means that if it was Bishogeg as well, means there's a Korban. Tamud Lomar, that's the Pasuk earlier in the Torah in Vaikra, Perikyot Chet, Ve'et Zachar, Lotishkav, Mishkevei Isha, Toivahi. Pasuk says, Explicitly, a male should not have relations with another male. Lamadnu azhara. Okay, so very lastly, lamadnu azhara la shochev, azhara la mishkav minayin. So this is all to tell you that the person who's active has an azhara. We know the onesh is both to the shochev and to the nishkav. Motiumatu shenehem debehem bam. How do I know that the nishkav, the one who's passive, has an azhara as well? Tamud lomar. That's this pasuk. Lotiye kedeshav mbrontsev loye kadesh mi Israel. The pasuk says that you should not be a kadesh. What's a kadesh? Hard word to translate. Veomer vegam kadesh hayab aretz asu kichol hatoevot agoyim asher horish vegomer. Okay, so we'll return to these last that I show tomorrow. Amen. Amen.